We were designed for deep and intimate connection, but far too often we find ourselves on relational autopilot. You want the marriage you dreamed of, not the marriage that you're settling for. Each week we share personal and professional stories, giving you tools and guidance, empowering you to restore and reimagine the marriage you always wanted. Welcome to the Thrive Marriage Podcast. Well, we are about to launch a new series, uh, a series where we're talking about other loves. And another word for that, that we've tossed around for that is uh, called polyamory. And what that means is uh, poly means multiple and amory means loves. And so what, what we're trying to say here is that every marriage has multiple loves, not just your spouse, but multiple other loves that, that crowd the space in the in-between. So we want to unpack a little bit about what we mean by that. And then over the course of the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about the other loves that fill our lives and, and really how desire is a pathway to true love. So as we begin, uh, we want to just start with this place of that God designed us for a relationship. And just as we have need to eat and, and breathe, we have a need for a relationship. And it's so formative in who we are and our identity as, as a person that that relationships are actually creating our sense of self as we grow. And as we're, we're born as kids, we come into a family, we, we develop a sense of self through the relationships that we have. And we have some really important core desires that come along with that. Well, and ideally in your family of origin, your parents would be the ones noticing and attending to and responding to those desires, the God-given desires. And when that happens, there's flourishing. And most of us have experienced at some level that attending to, and so there are areas where we've flourished. At the same time, when they're not attended to or they're not met sufficiently, then we're forced to find alternative ways to try and get those desires fulfilled and address the ache because desire comes with an ache. Desire unfulfilled leaves us with an ache. And even for children, there's an ache. Yeah. And when we have those desires, you know, those are, those are desires that are God-given and are good. And those desires really are, are supposed to lead us into relationship and connection with other people. But as Tracy, you just said, right, the, when those desires are unmet, we have to find a way to, to quench the ache, to deal with the ache in us when those are unmet. And often that, that leads those desires to some other space, to some other demand is what we call it, that the desire transforms into a demand, that if I can't, if I can't have those desires met, then I'm going to demand that they are met in some other way, in my way, and my time. And those are all totally subconscious things. They're not things that are happening for us as kids but we grow them and develop them through the course of, of our lives and our upbringing. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening is that as we determine how to get our desires met, how to get our needs met, we develop patterns and relate in relationship patterns and ways of being that, that really lead us into some other commitments and some other loves some other ways that we have found to meet our needs. And that's really what we want to unpack here. And, So like, why are we talking about this kind of stuff with regard to marriage? Great question. I mean, I I think most of us come into marriage 
thinking we know what our desires are and they're being met. And that's why we've chosen this person, right? That's, that's why we've ended up together because this is just the person with whom I feel like all these desires that I've ever had are getting met and we stand toe to toe and we make our promises and we know there'll be some bumps, but we just think for the most part, life is going to be good. But it's not very long until it, what starts to surface as we live together for longer periods of time, that these strategies that we developed in childhood that, that helped us function in our families of origin are creating distance between us and our spouse. And oftentimes it can, it's almost stealth the way that it's happening because it doesn't feel obvious. And that's why we're talking about it, because it's, it, these are the things that are creating distance that you may not even be fully aware of what you're doing or how what you're doing is causing tension and stress and disconnection in your relationship. And sometimes even your spouse might be offering to fulfill your desires, but these other lovers get in the way. These right. other commitments that we've made to some other thing or some other process get in the way of our spouse actually fulfilling the desires that we have. So it's super important for us to talk through these things. Well, and if we go back to where we started, you know, we figured out what to do with these unmet desires as children. It doesn't mean that they got met in healthy, good ways. Right. What we did to deal with the fact that they weren't being met is in our, in our adulthood is showing up in really pretty unhealthy ways. But then you, you don't just flip some switch and all of a sudden go, oh, my spouse is here offering, you know, what it is that I'm really supposed to be experiencing. I think I'll just turn yeah. and, and be available for that. It, it doesn't work that way. It's yeah. more complicated, which is why we'll spend more time talking about it. But right. Oh, I wish that there were some switches that we could flip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're just, just aren't. Right. So in Thrive, we have des designed what we've called an other loves assessment. And this is, this is kind of a, a test and assessment that is, is designed to help you surface which ones of these desires you are going to something else, that you have another love that is getting in the way that is standing in between you and your spouse. And so we'd love for you to, to go take that assessment because it will give you a sense of what it is that is going on for you, what it is that is going on for your spouse with regard to these desires, and then maybe some of the ways for you to work on them. But we'll get to that in a second. And I wanna just name what the desires are that, that God has given each one of us as children. And then as we grow into adults, what those desires are. And then over the course of the next several weeks, we're going to be unpacking them one by one, just so you have a sense of, of where we're going and what we mean by them. So the first God-given good relational desire is the desire for comfort. And this is really asking the question, who will comfort me? When uh, the world feels really big and scary, like what, where do I go when I feel pain? Who's going to hold me and protect me? That's what we mean by a desire for comfort. And obviously that is that's really core and really good uh, for us to have. And, and ultimately, our parents are supposed to fulfill that uh, for us as children. And then, of course, we want our spouse to fulfill that. But as we'll talk in a few weeks, you know, through each one of these, we'll, we'll talk through what does it look like for that to be hijacked? How does this desire for comfort get hijacked by another lover? 
So the second is the desire for worth. And this is really asking the question, who values me? Who in this world is mindful of me? Who, who do I, you know, who knows that I exist and actually cares? And really, you know, I need to know that as I navigate this world, my, my desire for worth. That is a good and wholesome relational desire that is supposed to be met by another. The third one is the desire for life. And, you know, it's that who, who makes you feel alive inside? Who, who brings that kind of energy or draws that kind of energy out of you? And, and there's a big difference between just drawing breath and truly living. And God made us to be fully alive. The next one after that is the desire for containment. And, and that may sound a little odd to people like containment. I don't want to be contained, but we're really saying like, who holds you? Who is there to let you know where you start and where you stop and where they begin? And in a world filled with chaos, as children, we needed to know that somebody bigger than us had their arms around us. And that doesn't change as we get older and in our adult life and in our marriages. That's very much a question. It's like, who's got their arms around me and around what's going on in my world? Our last one is the desire for belonging. And that really is a question of who is loyal to me. And in all the world, we need to know that we belong to someone. And I would say that we belong to something, you know, even bigger than that. But to be alone is not good. We know that from the very beginning of time. You know, that's the first thing we read in Genesis about relationship is that it was not good for man to be alone. So that need to belong is really core for us. Each one of these desires, right, has is good and core and God-given, as we've said. But then there's usually something that will hijack that. And we're going to unpack what each one of those is over the course of the next several weeks. But the assessment also will begin to name some of those things where, for example, in comfort, where if you did not receive or you do not receive comfort, it is often hijacked by something called soothing, where soothing is not comfort at all. It's actually a demand for the ache of the lack of comfort to go away. So it, it becomes another lover when I start to love the things that I, that I find soothing in, I'm actually taking myself away from my spouse and not allowing them to offer me comfort because I'm finding it somewhere else. That's just a simple example of some of the things that, that we're going to be talking through. So we would love for you to take the assessment and really begin to unpack for yourself and your spouse what some of these things might be. Now, it's also a little disruptive. We want to warn you, it's a little disruptive because when we talk about having other lovers in your marriage, yes, some of these things can actually lead you into infidelity and into affairs and all of that, but not always. And so we want to talk about having other lovers in that sense, as well as many other senses, so that you can come to understand where you're at. Well, and I would just add, it can be disruptive and probably will be disruptive to look and see on that assessment, what areas you find that your numbers show that you've been close to hijacked, if not hijacked. And I think part of what I would want to say is when you look at that as information about a place where you have deep desires that have gone unmet for a long time, truly unmet, because otherwise you may just have this big reaction to what those numbers say. And, you know, whatever, whatever the numbers say, I just want to tell you there's good news. Come back because we're going to be sharing 
really good things for you in each of these categories. And so the number isn't something to be afraid of, but it is something to be curious about and, and right. come back and hear more about what we want to tell you um, about how you can be more fully devoted to your spouse and okay. experience deeper love and less hijacking. And I would add that if you find yourself in a place of being hijacked, that's not been because of some failure on your part. Right. That right. is because of some method of surviving the lack that you had and that you have. So it's, as Tracy, you just said, like, it's important for us to say, hey, there's good news in the midst of this, even if the assessment is a little disruptive, because right. it gives us a pathway to return back to true love. It actually gives us tools and, and methods and ideas of how to come to our love, come to our spouse in a way that we actually want to, which is why we're married in the first place. Right. Exactly. So otherloves.net is where you'll find the assessment. Go through that. And then we would encourage you to have your spouse go through that as well. So this can be a parallel process for the two of you to really begin to look at some of these things and find out what other lovers are in your marriage. And then come back. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today on the Thrive Marriage Podcast. We hope that you are enjoying what you're hearing and would love for you to leave a review in Apple Podcasts if you do. As a reminder, you can go to otherloves.net to take the polyamory assessment and you'll immediately receive your results in an email along with different questions to ask yourself and your spouse. I don't know if you knew, but the Thrive Marriage Podcast is a part of the Thrive Marriage Lab, which is a monthly marriage membership community where couples are gathering each week for new content to help their marriages thrive. We only open up the lab once a year and it is opening again at the end of March. So make sure you go to restorylabs.com thrive to join the waitlist to be the first to know of when we're open again. Restory Labs is a digital laboratory of restoration counseling, and you can find out more about us in the show notes. And we'll see you same time, same place next week.